how is everyone doing tonight? Hopefully you all are, had a, uh, a fantastic weekend and uh, an enjoyable Sunday. Those are the same things. Ha. Okay, so wait. before we dive into the questions, we're going to introduce our, our panel of pastors this evening. Starting from the left, we have the one and only Back From Wandering in the Desert Super Shadow. Uh, how's it going? After Super Shadow, we have uh, our continued to be a guest, maybe not a guest anymore, <laughs> who really knows, uh, Ferris Storm. Hey guys, what's going on? And uh, of course, we have uh, myself, always uh, not wearing sleeves. That was terrible English and grammar. I apologize. Um, Ironheart, hello, hi, good to be here. Thanks. And uh, and then after me, we've got uh, last but most certainly not least, we have the consistent into, uh, pastor with a cat meowing in the background, Pastor Dustin. Mm, he, is, uh, <laughs> he is running our production today and so thank you everyone for popping in and hanging out and uh thank you for dealing with our delays and um all that kind of stuff we really appreciate you all being patient even though some of you aren't very patient but that's fine <laughs> so Thank you again, everyone, for being here today. We do appreciate it. Um, before we jump into our show this evening, I'm going to uh, we're going to spend some time in prayer. So, Super Shadow, if you could take a moment and uh, pray for our show this evening, we would appreciate it. For sure. All right, let's pray. Uh, dear God, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you for uh, God just the ability on Sunday to be able to gather together as believers. If we're here in the states, uh, God, and just should be able to worship you. I pray for tonight just that our conversation would be pleasing, Lord. That it would be something that you smile down on God and that even here tonight, um, just as we hang out as a community, as we talk, that God, that you would just be at the center of it all and that Jesus, you would be glorified and honored in this conversation that is being had here. Uh, Lord, may we enter into this topic in spirit and in truth, Lord, um, but also in love as well, God, mm. uh, for your word says that we are to do all things in love. So God, uh, we ask that you just help us to do that well um, and to, to balance that well. So God, we thank you for tonight. Again, I thank you for these guys and giving up their time. And I thank you for everyone watching. Lord, you know exactly what each and every one of them need to hear. Uh, may you just use these words that are spoken by these guys here tonight and just bless it and uh, and use it in a way to touch hearts and to stir up some affections. God, we thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Shadow. All right. So tonight we are addressing the question of homosexuality, which uh, obviously is a cultural and even um, within Christian circles, a divisive conversation. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the question that was uh, posted for us. There were actually three questions that we had in our uh, bank of questions and our bank of, of things people have submitted that had to do with homosexuality. And so we, uh, we kind of combined some of those and uh, that'll, that'll guide our conversation tonight. So the question that we have is, I know the Bible says homosexuality is a sin, but what does it say about loving them as in people who are homosexual and how can you describe to a believer that we are called to love the sinners but not the sin or am i completely wrong are the that ruin the show we are going to into this question and and we're going to start the conversation with uh, the question what does the bible say about homosexuality and so to start this conversation, I think, who am I going to call on first to make them feel really awkward and going first? Ferris, the continued guest. Fantastic. Thanks for volunteering. Um, <laughs> I would love 
for you to start our show off with uh, addressing the question, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? Awesome. Let's go. I think it's really interesting. You asked me first, just in case it's terrible. <laughs> Again. Um, True. So I, honestly, I think the Bible is super clear. And we, I think the clarity comes from not only what we read in the Bible, also reflection of God's design for his creation. And then when we look at how sin corrupts his creation, then we see how sin has distorted God's design. Uh, I, I think one of the very first times you read about homosexuality is in Leviticus 2013. It says, uh, if there's a man who lies with a, another man that also lies with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act, right? And it uses that that word detestable to talk about it as, as a sin, right? And then you also go to uh, like Romans, Romans, where Paul's talking about a man lying with another man. It's against God. And it's really interesting where it says natural law because it's a reflection of God's design in this world. God created this world to best glorify him. And then when sin entered into the world, it corrupts it, twisting it. So, like, I think the clarity of not only the Bible, but also his design is clear where we have issue of it though is the 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 corruption that sin brings uh like because do i think that uh, like gay people experience genuine love with another person that they may be a relationship with yeah i think that's a grace that god gives us to be able to experience and share love um but is that the way that god designed it is that the way that uh best glorifies him and praises him is to exist in that uh, relationship that's where that's where I don't see any clarity of that being something glorifying to God in the Bible um so th that's probably where I would I would sit is is that that verse in Leviticus where it talks about it and then also Romans 1 verse 26 through 27 is pretty clear about God's design of what he has for male and female to most glorify him because all things should go to glorify him. Uh, and we're the ones that corrupt it. So thanks, guys. Uh, chat, are you exploding yet? <laughs> Not yet. Give them, give them time. <laughs> uh, Deuston, would you like to add anything to that? Um, yeah. Uh, I think, Ferris, yeah, you're, you're right on with that. A lot of it really does come back to God's design, yeah, there are a lot of scriptures that speak specifically to it as sinful, and usually that's a lot of what we hear whenever we we have this conversation um, yeah. is is centered around these select verses, and then people really try to just like tear into these verses and justify yeah. this or whatever. Um, and yeah, those are there. But ultimately, a lot of it really does come down to God's original design. He designed mm -hmm. human relationships to be set up a certain way. And whenever we we try to twist and distort and pervert that, um, then we're, you know, we're, we're setting ourselves up, setting ourselves up in rebellion against God and saying, yeah, your way is good, but my way, I like this better, um, is kind of the way it feels a lot of the time. Um in these conversations. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the Bible is, is very clear on it. Um, a lot of, if you're, uh, really listening close to the way the question was formed, a lot of it is, is about, um, how do we then treat these people? So I think we'll get into a lot of that too. Um, yeah. but this is, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a big conversation, so we have a lot of stuff we can talk about and, 
we'll see where chat goes. You know, we'll, we'll see how the conversation goes, but I'm sure there's there'll be a lot to talk about. There's uh, <laughs> another one, and I just noticed uh, Gotfuzz pointed out, and I was going to say it too, is 1 Corinthians 6 talks a lot about yeah. it too, um, yeah. pretty specifically. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be there's my opening statement. <laughs> Shadow, would you like to make an opening <clears throat> statement? <laughs> Uh, sure, I can try. We'll see if my mic lets me chat saying there's something going on. But uh, yeah, I would basically uh, kind of concur. It's funny. Usually I like to at least think of, of some other uh, way or think of something that we haven't said. But I think you guys are kind of covering uh, a lot of the major things. Um, yeah, I think, you know, God designed uh, sexuality with an intention and purpose. And I think that intention and purpose was to glorify and honor God and uh and regardless, I think a lot in this conversation, what I like to say is uh, what God calls us to, if you struggle with homosexuality, isn't heterosexuality, it's holiness. And uh, yeah. I think it's going to be kind of a key thing that I'll keep bringing back up over and over. But that's what I'll say to start. I'm still working on my audio, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everyone knows, Super, Super Shadow is the gatekeeper tonight. And so um, if you're in Twitch, it's just at Super Shadow. If you're in Mixer, it's at underscore Super Shadow. For future reference so if you have a question if you want something addressed by any of us tag super shadow in that so then we can um see it and get that addressed um so okay so we're all pretty on the same level when it comes to what the bible says about homosexuality i don't think anyone has had any um any disagreements or anything like that um sh- chat seems to be pretty much on the same page so yeah um the question then now that we can ask ourselves is what does the bible say about loving others yeah and that's like a that is like a wide open question and that's exactly why i put it there so uh this time do swing that your way first um what does the bible say about loving others (laughs) a lot (laughs) uh do it um it's funny uh Kind of the first thing that I thought about whenever uh, I read the the topic for tonight is that meme that you see going around where Jesus is like sitting on the side of the mountain, you know, and people are asking him questions and he's like, love one another. And someone <laughs> says, but what if they're homosexual or what if they're Muslim or what if they're this or whatever? He says, let me start over. <laughs> Still do it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, l- let me start over. Let me know where you got lost. Love one another. <laughs> um so I mean, really, there, there, there is there, there's multiple, multiple, multiple scriptures about uh, just how we are called to love one another. First John four uh, talks a lot about how uh, we are known by our love. How if we don't, uh, you know, how mm. can we say that we um, love God but we say we hate our brother? Then the love of God is not in us. Um, there's really, I mean, I know it, it can almost feel like we overemphasize that sometimes, but it's so yeah. big that I mean that's. <laughs> it should be just flowing out of us, uh, loving one another. Um, and really, I, I hate to like relate so much of this conversation to memes because a lot of them just kind of <laughs> do pop in my head about this. But like, then there's the one where it, uh, you know, says it's not even a meme, really. It, I think it's a quote, but um, that our culture has accepted to or a great lie that, you know, if, if you disagree with someone, then you don't love them. And, and that's not mm. not the truth. Um, you know, we, we don't always have to see eye to eye on everything, um, but we can still have love for that person. Um, yeah. 
and I know we'll get more into this, uh, but specifically like talking about uh, homosexual people or people who deal with same sex attraction. Um, I've got a lot of friends who, who have that, who have been there, who are there, who are struggling with that. And we, we have very real raw conversations about it, but a lot of it is because I'm intentional about loving them, even though they know that we don't see eye to eye on it. Um, but I still, I'm building that relationship where, uh, you know, I'm trying to, to love them as a person, knowing that I myself have all my own proclivities to sin and things that, that I struggle with. Um, it might just not be the same thing. Uh, but, um, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot <laughs> that the yeah. Bible says about about loving one another, um, and just because someone doesn't agree with us or we we know that they are uh, living in sin doesn't mean that we stop loving them. It, it might mean that that love looks a little bit different, but we still love those people. That would be what I would say. <laughs> Yeah, that's well put. First, is what are you, you going to add to that? Well, so I, I think the thing that we, one of the biggest things that we're seeing right now is, um, like, okay, one of my favorite things that you, if you're a Christian and you see this around, right, you'll see the the cross symbol and then equal sign and then a heart sign, right? God is love, uh, but then there's also the danger of connecting this next phrase, right? So a lot of times we say God is love, which that's definitely true. But then we also will flip it and we'll say love is God, right? So we elevate this idea of love as being an all out amazing gift. And when we then are going talking to people about how do we treat, how do we treat people who disagree or who may be uh, in a non-alignment with what the Bible's teaching. How do we love them because God loves them, right? They're experiencing love. They're sharing love with their partner. Um, so then how 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 did they experience their definition of love, uh, which for them is completely pure and true and holistic? And then we're going, okay, but that love that you have is corrupted. So we're immediately insulting and attacking them. And I think it's interesting because this idea of love is true. Like Duff, Duff said it in chat, right? Like Jesus would love first. But when we look at Jesus, what what, what did we see him do? He he didn't go after um, – he, he went after the heart of people's uh, addictions and failures. But he also never, ever went after the heart of their failures or their imperfections without immediately connecting it to grace and forgiveness. Um, one of the things that, like this summer has been really interesting in my church, we've had many, many, I mean, more than I've ever had in a decade of ministry, students who have come out uh, in some part of the spectrum of LGBTQ. And we have been walking with them through their journey of what it means to follow Christ and how they're currently identifying in their sexuality. Uh, and our conversation is, is almost verbatim like this. Uh, we accept you as a person that God loves, but we do not affirm the lifestyle and choices that you're making in the pursuing of these relationships and the identification of, uh, of your current sexuality, which is a little strange because we're telling them, we love you. We are with you. We want to help you learn who you are in Christ and then let the overflow of who you are in Jesus become what creates your identity. So where we where we try to love them is we try to love them 
in the journey of them discovering who Christ says they are. And we're walking with students right now who have made uh, some changes in their life, made some decisions to pursue other ways. Still with the majority walking with them and we're loving them and encouraging them and meeting with them. Uh, but they're still in, in the middle of a battle, right? Like homosexuality isn't different from another sin. Like we all have sin struggles. So we're loving them in the process of their journey, always pushing them back to going, here's who God says you are. Here's who Jesus says you are. Here's what he did for you. Here's how he loves you. If this is our example, then what do we do next? Um, I think that's like love is a really fluid word in 2019 because there's so many definitions. And unless we clarify it to how God loves, I think we can become – in a place of lots of gray where where any definition could be acceptable and i think that's i think that's an interesting that's a really interesting part of the question that was asked for pastors after dark is how do we love them because i think the definition of is really fluid right now and and it could it could provide some confusion we just lose shadow (laughs) we lost shadow (laughs) travolta is still there for us though all right, well, at least we got Travolta. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to answer this question. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, I think I think you guys hit a, a lot of the, the components of this on the head. And, and I think one thing that I'm thinking of as I'm listening to you guys talk, and I, it's probably been said, and, and so I'm just going to end up saying it in, in my own way, I think, is that loving people doesn't mean agreeing with their lifestyle choices. You can love on people and and show them the love that God has showed us as as believers, but you don't have to affirm their lifestyle choice. And I think that's one of the um, I think that's one of the important things about about uh, a godly love is that I think the, the cultural love says. Um, you know, you have to you have to love me, and you have to agree with my life choices. Whereas a godly love says, "I love you, but I don't want you to stay in that sin and that garbage that you're that you're stuck in." Uh, and I think that's an important distinction to make, um, because if I see someone caught in sin, I care about them enough to say, "Hey, let's get you out of that, and let's move you past that, and and chase after Christ instead, whatever that looks like." And so, in this case, you know, being the um, LGBT and, and homosexuality and stuff like that. I think if you're, this, people will differ on this on the level of like interacting with people, but I, I think we should love people enough to where we say, hey, I don't want you to stay there. I want you to chase after Jesus instead of this, these desires that you have that aren't God honoring. Um, and so I, I think that's that's a big thing. It's a big part of love. And I think that's what makes love so hard is that people want it to just be these warm, fuzzy feelings. But but the love that we have through Christ is completely different than, than the warm, fuzzy feelings. And it's addressing the hard stuff and saying, hey, I see you've got this going on, but I don't want you to keep struggling with that. And I want you to move past it. Um so, and I, this would be the point where I would say, hey, Shadow, what questions do we have so far from the chat? <laughs> uh, poor Shadow and his tech difficulties. Um, yeah, he's rebooting. 
Yeah, as you guys have seen, I don't know. I know Ferris is looking at some of the chats. Um, I'm back. Welcome back. Um, Shadow, I know, when you're when you're done rebooting, let us know. Um, when you're like back, back. Um, Ferris, I know you're interacting with chat. Is there anything at the moment that you're like, hey, we should address that? I can't hear you. Yeah, you're muted in Discord. <laughs> Sorry. There's a there's a good conversation going. Of, uh, and this might be a little a little dive in, but can someone be a gay Christian? Can you have faith and currently struggling with uh with your sexuality as a sin right now? Because this is a this is a big point in the modern day church. We have people that are. Pre- Professing faith on one hand, but they're also living a lifestyle that to many people are directly contrary to the teachings of the Bible and what we mm-hmm. see of how God designed. So, so how can that happen? And like, maybe what are some, some thoughts on, on those things? Yeah, I, I, I think it depends how you define gay Christian. Um, because if you're, if you're saying someone is a, a gay Christian, and they're living a homosexual lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That, in my mind, is contradictory to what the Bible has for us. And so, I would say that they're. I, I would struggle to say that they are true followers of Christ. But if they are an individual who, like so many other people, struggles with um, homosexuality, like other people struggle with maybe watching porn. Yeah. Or, um, or maybe they have an issue with with uh, with swearing um, against God or, or idolatry or something like that, and they're they're trying to take steps in their walk to to resist those things. I think that's different. Um, in in which case, it you can be a quote gay Christian and still be a Christian <coughs> as long as you're not as long as you're surrendering that part of your life to Christ and pursuing Christ instead of that lifestyle. Um, because I mean, there's people all over the place that are struggling with tons of different things and we don't question their salvation. Um, in terms of, you know, cause if, if, in ter- if they're, if they're pursuing Christ instead of pursuing, um, instead of pursuing those things. And so it's this, I think it's the same thing. The, the issue, and I'm now I'm just talking in circles, so I'm gonna stop. Deustin, hello. <laughs> hey, um, yeah. So, I mean, my my first thought or reaction to that would be if they like say, okay, let's take an example. Let's take someone uh, who a, a, a gay couple that one or both of them come to know Christ. They are born again. Um, they're not gonna be a gay couple for long. <laughs> <laughs> would be my yeah. my my thought okay. and i think all of us have probably seen that happen um story or or heard stories of uh homosexual couples who once coming to christ then there there's just that constant conviction knowing this this is not right this is not right this is not god's plan and then they i've heard multiple stories of of those kind of couples who come to know christ and then uh, God changes them. We are born again. Mm-hmm. We are given a new uh, nature. We are a new creation. All things are made new, and uh, many of them they're they're still they still love each other. 
they still mm-hmm. are close and friends, but they many times will go on and then they will either remain single or they will find someone of the opposite sex and they will get married and have a family and all that. And it's great. Um, uh, I mean, sin is sin and God can deliver us from any sin. Uh, homosexuality is no different. Uh, God can deliver us from that. And he has for many, many, many people. Um, so it's, yeah, that, that would be my, my thought is if, uh, if someone, if they are together, they are gay and then they come to know Christ, they're born again. They're not going to stay that way for long. Cause that's then begins that process of sanctification. Uh, you know, we're becoming more Christ like, and, and we have the conviction of the Holy spirit. And, um, so that, that's my, my thought there. So, okay. So, so let me ask uh, a question to, to this. Like I, I do a hundred percent. I think if, and, and right along with Chad as well, like, like when Christ's redemptive work is in our lives, we experience a regeneration, like a, a, a brought to new life, right? Like Christ is the life of men. Like that's what it says in like John chapter one, right? Like he is the light and the light is the life of men. So we're, we're renewed. Um, and with, with like couples who are in the mix of those, like those relationships who've experienced this regeneration, this new life in Christ, this new love, like, how do you, like, I don't know if you all have ever had, cause I have, we've had a few couples at our church that are there right now who we active conversations with of going, okay, hey, you profess Christ. Um, and now they're starting to see the clarity of God's design. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting to reflect it upon their own relationship with their spouse. And we're going, okay, hey, let's sit down and talk about this because that's that's a hard thing to do, to walk up to somebody and go, hey, this person that you have been in a committed relationship with, uh, God's got something greater for you yeah and and while what you may be experiencing and the tension is difficult it's good that you're following them that's a hard conversation to have like to tell people that the struggle that they're going through in their relationship of i mean not just homosexuality be any relationship in sin whether or not it's like a couple sleeping together or uh or anything like that before marriage uh like it's it's something interesting to go, Hey, let's walk through this. Cause we want to continue in your growing of maturity. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm just, I, I, I love what Deason said about that, that like God does change hearts. And when changed hearts are experienced, their lives change. And I think that's, that's what we're trying to lead to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you kind of answered it. If I, if I'm hearing your question, it's like, again, how do we handle, you know, going forward with people who, have been committed, have, you know, le- legally by the state been married, you know, and, and what do we do with that? And I think you kind of answered it a bit in your own, your own question there of like, we handle it just like we would any other sin, you know, like, I think if, if I find out or hear about a couple sleeping together, you know, but they come to church every Sunday, they're there. It's not this immediate, like, okay, get out of the church. It's like, well, one, yeah, they're not serving necessarily. They're not in leadership position. Um, two, you, you kind of, have to address it head on of like, Hey, is, you know, what's going on here? Where are you guys at? What are you thinking? You know, like, and, and really kind of just engaging, like you said, walk with them a bit, Mm. you know, 
And I think that's important to to still see them as like, can does God love you? Yes. Has he paid for your sins? Yes. But there is that call to regeneration that that is there. There is that call to holiness still in our lives from God, you know? And it doesn't matter again what the what sin you put over that, but God still is calling us to give ourselves to him in that way. And uh, and I think what's important, especially with this conversation of anybody in who identifies with LGBTQ, but somehow also claims Christianity, I think it's important. And and Galatians is is a whole nother book that we could tackle another day. But Galatians three twenty eight, right? Uh, there is neither uh, Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free, yeah. uh, male or female, for all for you are all one in Christ. It's it's that freedom part of being in Christ is that we no longer identify by anything else the first and foremost prominent thing that we should identify as is is a christian is a follower of christ everything else in that should be secondary to that and so it's it's at least to me kind of telling if someone says well hey i'm a gay christian yeah i'm a a lesbian christian i'm a bisexual christian it's like okay that that to me i've said this here before i think but that's an identifier that that you are putting before your christianity and that kind of shows what you're filtering your lens through. And I think we all have to work through those biases, but at least stating that shows where they're at to begin with what's yeah. important to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Chad, now that you're back, have you had a chance to peruse chat? Yeah, I lost, I got back all of uh, Mixer, but I lost some of Twitch. So I'm going to look over Mixer real quick. I know there was some. Um, that's why Mixer wins. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Duff said this a while back. Uh, he said, uh, simple, I think in the question of like, how would, how, what would Jesus do in response to these people? This was back when Deuston was kind of talking about memes still. Uh, and Duff said, simple, he would love first in all caps and bolded. Uh, that's yeah. true. Um, let's see here. Uh, we have another one here it says, uh, Super Shadow, where does, and, and, uh, pad crew here. Where does the love draw a line when revolt slash attack happens to the point where believers have to change their point of view for approval in love? So I think what he's kind of saying here is is we have the call, right? Clearly, we see in First Corinthians and other places, uh, we are called to love our neighbors. We are called to do all our monitoring, everything that we do in love. And I think what they're asking is, when does that have to change in order to actually be loving towards someone? Or does it? I'll kind of throw that out there. Houston, take it. Um, okay, so well, <laughs> so do do you mean like, or do you, do y'all think that means like the transition to hard love, what we'd call? Um, I think you are free to take this question whatever way you want. Well, you? yeah, I mean, yeah, that, good luck. Okay, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I, I think. Like, okay, so I'll, I'll take it that way. Um, when do we go from? you know, just love, love, love. And like that nice, you know, happy, I truly genuinely love you kind of thing, despite differences or whatever, to the point of, okay, it's time, you need some hard love, you need some hard truth, Um, gonna be super real with you. So like, when does it get to that point? Um, I mean, I, I think that just kind of would vary relationship to relationship, You, you know, the people that you're talking to, if there's someone that, that you're close to, who's struggling with, uh, same sex attraction or homosexuality or, or whatever in that, that whole, uh, spectrum. Um, and you're, you're being real and genuine and like 
you're really trying to win them over and and you know be a light in their life um you know if if they are not uh responding to that if they're not not seeing it um if they're not accepting that then yeah there there is a point where uh i'd say you just have to kind of be be real but you still speak the truth in love um, I think that that's a big thing that we can miss in that, like where, okay, if they're not going to listen to me being nice, I'm going to tell them and I'm going to be mean about it. If you be yeah, mean yeah. about it, <laughs> you're going to push them away. You, you can speak the truth in love. Um, and then that's a whole other thing of learning to do that. Uh, so is, is there a certain point that it gets to that? I, I don't, I don't know. I think it would vary relationship to relationship and you would know when you're at that point where, all right, they just they need something a little harder. They need some raw truth kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, this is something I, I talk with people about quite often, but like I use this example of this one couple who came in and, uh, and I'll just pick on the guy, but, uh, cause I don't remember who it was anymore, but, uh, this guy comes in and he's like, I fought with my wife in the morning. We got into an argument before I went to work. And so I was kind of in a bad mood. Then I get to work and then I fight with a guy that a coworker and he's just such a jerk. Then I go to the grocery store to pick up dinner and the cashier is just a horrible person and he makes me so angry and we get into a fight. Then I go back home and I get into an argument with my kid. And and at some point, if you're realizing that, like you keep on getting into these types of, of disagreements and fights and conversations, then the reality, like with that guy, I'm like, maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe it's, <laughs> it's you and your approach on how you're talking to people and acting with people. Not to say that you're wrong in what you believe, or in what you're saying, and I'm not saying that the content or the truth needs to change in and of itself, but possibly just the delivery that you have with those people. If all you're getting is this shut down, like closed door, nobody wants to talk to you, then it might be, might be, I can't say this for sure, but it could be how you're presenting it, how you're talking about it, and what you're kind of leading with. Uh, not that we are to to trick people into conversations, not that we are, but I think there's there's like Christians can be dangerous in this like, hey, it's black and white. So I'm just going to lead with with this. And, you know, if you can't handle the truth, like, sorry, that's not on me. And I think that that Christ calls us to more than that. Christ calls us to, to be kind and to be loving and to be these things. Not that we water down the truth at all, but that we we watch ourselves and how we are approaching these conversations, being reminded that these people are, are, are not Christians, that they're they're just that they're people who are searching and looking and and up to this point, you know, has been lost in darkness, has been, you know, trying everything and anything else to fulfill that. And you have this amazing opportunity to come into their life, to speak truth. And I think that's something we have to take seriously mm. and not just like, oh, I'm here to, to tell you what the Bible says, just to check off a check mark, you know, to be able to say, I, I said the words I, you know, um, I think we, we are called to be tactful in our approach in all yeah. conversations. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Truth without grace is brutality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. So I hope I hope that kind of answers the question there. Uh, anybody else want to add on, or should I check another one? I think you good. All right. Um, I'm just gonna finish up on Mixer here. Uh, they followed up, said born again or just Christian. Anything? Oh, okay. Uh, that's. I don't think that was a question there. People struggle through it, but our current. Okay. So yeah, it is a question. I think he said born again or just Christian. Dot dot dot. Anything anymore is Christian, but to be born again, you have to confess and turn away from your sin. People struggle through it, but are currently turning away. Uh, what do you guys think of that? You think that's true that people can be a Christian? I, I think he's making that dichotomy there. There's a difference between being born again, 
or just a or or being a Christian? Well, in 2019 America, yeah. I, I mean, I, I get yeah. that. I think that's probably what they mean. Like the label Christian can mean mm-hmm. a lot of things nowadays. But how would we define a Christian? Someone who is born again. Well, uh, so, yeah. yeah, a follower of Christ. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And then last one from Mixer, he followed up with, uh, yes, when do you have to... Oh, he was clarifying. Uh, yes, when do you have to lo- hard love... When does hard love come into homosexuality when you're when they attack your beliefs and are trying to change you? So yeah, I think we, we kind of addressed that a bit. Um, Wait, isn't that exactly what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. I missed some of the earlier questions on Twitch. So if you guys have one uh, bef- that was before what I'm about to address, uh, just repost it in chat if you could, please. And thank you. Uh, Here's what Alan says. I don't get why the issue is the one where we question and challenge the legitimacy of salvation for people. It seems that we are either too harsh on this topic or too weak on all other sins. Super shadow. And in terms, if our actions, I would say it's the first. So he thinks that uh, it seems like in 2019 that we are too harsh on this topic specifically. Hmm. What do you guys think? Well, it's interesting that this is what the 2019, well, really like 2015 to now church is is state on, right? Like uh, everything is about the conversation of sexuality. And I think it started with the church, but as a result of culture going and saying, we're going to put our foot down that we want prominence and acceptance from all cultures and all people in this certain area. And we're going to pick sexuality. So then as a response, many times churches are going, they're rushing, they're rushing to a position, right? So they're rushing uh, to either mass acceptance or mass uh, disagreement, which leaves little time for wisdom and thought to be going into how are we dealing with this this how culture is attacking faith how culture is attacking uh uh sexuality and its definitions and its understanding for the for everyone to look at so as a response i think sexuality has been like the the pinnacle of terrible sins right but we let uh we, we let slothfulness go by. We let pride go by. We let selfishness go by. We let greed go by because it's not nearly as evident or pronounced. Because when I walk outside and I hold my wife's hand and I give her a kiss, uh, nobody's batting an eye about that. But when you do that in the South, right, and then you have uh, a gay couple walk by with their adopted child, it's in the face of people. And if, if people haven't had the time to process, how are they going to love someone is in the journey of discovering faith? They're most likely going to react like a knee jerk reaction and, and jump at a position without going, Hey, you know, to, to pull the old bracelet off. Like what would Jesus do? How does he treat these people? How do I, how do I introduce the hope of Christ first and his redeeming work on the cross before I tell them God hates you, you're going to hell because you're having sex with someone of the same gender? I think we lead with the wrong thing way too often is that you're wrong, you're messed up, you're not following God's plan rather than going, you're a person whom God created, whom God loves who died for you and he has a great 
plan for your life. I think when we start that way with literally the way that Jesus goes, like we call it, he, he called out sin where it was, but he also led people immediately to the grace and hope that was in him. And he never missed an opportunity to share like just loving people, right? Like every, the woman at the well, right? The, the lepers, you got Zacchaeus and three, the most detestable of detestables. And he hits them right where they need the woman of the well, either that make you never thirsty, right? Zacchaeus, you're a pariah to the community, but I want to eat in your house. Let me be a guest in your house. Going to a person who nobody wanted to spend time with and then elevating him up. He looked at people differently and that's what started to change their lives when they realized there's someone who values me more than just the moniker that I attach to my identity in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, think about like, okay, so we know, you know, what scripture says, how God feels about this. The the one that people like to point out is, is an abomination. Okay. So think about picture Jesus as we read him revealed in the word, like the way he interacts with people. Can you imagine him coming across a homosexual couple and doing the knee jerk reaction? Oh my goodness. Oh, I hate y'all. Y'all are horrible. You know? No, he wouldn't do that. Even even if he sees the sin as sin as he does, but he's still like you're saying, Ferris, and I think you said it perfectly. He and Duff is saying he would love first. He would he would meet them where they are. That you know yeah. that whole thing. Um, it's not this immediate oh knee jerk reaction that that we so often do and and have kind of labeled ourselves by um, because it's so prevalent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Alan followed up and said this. He said, I mean, why don't we question if an alcoholic is saved? We try to help and love them. Our action as a church are inconsistent from sin to sin based on the sins we can relate to. Mm, That's actually really good wisdom. Yeah, I think I think a part of it, too, is um, it especially stems from sins that that are foreign to us. And so I think a lot of people yeah. in the church are like, okay, homosexuality is like, like, whoa. And, and they don't know how to really, I would almost argue the opposite in some cases that we don't know how to relate to it. And so there's been that tendency to, to alienate it and to, to elevate it as this worst thing and, and put people in that category and then treat them that way. Right. Yeah. I think that's what Alan was saying is okay. we are more lenient on the things that, either we have struggled with before in the past mm-hmm. um, or, or just that we're like, Oh, we get it. Like pornography, like, yeah, who doesn't at some point, you know, yeah. struggle with that or, or, you know, like, or drinking, like, okay. You know, like those were, I think we lean on the grace side sometimes, maybe even too much, you know, mm-hmm. to the point where we turn a blind eye, you know, at, in some cases or, um, or something like with homosexuality, if, if that's never been, a temptation for us i think we we view it as like this oh just get over it man like just stop you know like right that of instead of being compassionate and gracious in like god still loves you god still has a plan for you you know he calls you to holiness and we are going to walk with you and and do life with you um you know and understanding that like we live in a very fallen and broken world and things get sticky things get messed up you know and and just walking with them and loving them through that still, you know, and still preaching Christ and truth to them. Right. It's really interesting what Alan said though, that 
we so easily glaze over other things and then elevate this as the the hill that we're gonna die on yeah when when in reality all sin makes us fall short and people are dying on all the other hills right and and nobody's going to them right like that's the part that breaks gosh that's the part that breaks my heart right and in so doing so we we put a bad uh a bad target on us as people who are born again Christians right. who say, um, I'm going to choose this sin and make it the worst sin and then make you the worst of people. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think even more than just our own image of what that does is it, it hurts the image of, you know, we are, as Christians are an extension of, of God's grace and his yeah. love to right. the world, right? As churches, that's what we're called to be. And we allow ourselves to to somehow elevate these things and be like, no, 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 actually you are too broken or that's too messed up or that's too sticky to get into. So we're just going to either ignore you, kick you out of the church or just, just kind of tell you the hard truth. And then that's your own fault. If you get upset about it, you know, when in reality, that's not what God would do. Right. In the least bit. Nope. Right. No, no. Yeah. And I mean, you think about this whole community that's out there of of these people and especially young people who are getting into all this gender identity and who am I and, you know, all that uh, that are exploring this kind of stuff. And then the only response for the most part that they're seeing from the church is all this stuff we're talking about. You know, it's (laughs) why would they why would they come to the the Christ that we profess? You know, if so much of what they see and hear is, is, uh, you know, us treating it like the worst of sins when yeah. in reality, yeah, Alan, I think you're right on. It's, it's why, why should that be any different? It's sin is sin and God sees it the same. And we need to, mm. to, you know, love people through that and walk with people through each journey, whether it's some a homosexual or an alcoholic or a thief or uh, an adulterer or whatever. A having premarital sex. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. Um, so go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that, that was it. That was it. Um, so that makes, that makes me ask, the, and I think this question got asked then, what needs to change? Do we need to, do we need to elevate the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, the urgentness or the, the level of, of, um, of importance or, or the, the negativeness of, of the other, or do we need to like cool it on the homosexuality side or is it a little bit of both? I think it, it's hard to make a general, uh, statement like that for all, because there are probably mm-hmm. some churches that are super, super, you know, hard. I think I think most churches, I'd say like 60 percent, if I had to put a number on it, lean towards that, like heavier, harder side of, of the, that they elevate it too much. Um, and I think there probably is at least a good I'm thinking of like churches that, you know, or churches, I, I can't say for sure, but that hold up signs that like gay pride parades, you know, that are like, hey, we're sorry or we're wrong or whatever, you know, um, that almost make it too lenient. Like, no, no, like you're fine the way you are. Like, don't change a thing. Mm. Um, so I think it's it's a both and, and it's something that I think we have to be sensitive and invite God into, you know, continue to lead us as, as a church. Um, mm. But going back to what Deuce was saying for a second, I was just thinking as you mm-hmm. were saying, like how it's something that youth, even today now are, are really struggling with. The funny thing is I, I think history just repeats itself all the time, you know? And I don't think that it's something... Yes, it's a new like category of like, oh, I'm a this or my 
uh, sexuality is this like fluid thing that I can identify as whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's the same stuff that that every adolescence goes through. You know, the struggle of like, who are we and yeah. what are we becoming is I think something that that yeah. is timeless that that man has struggled with throughout every generation. And it's it's a call to the church again of will we be there to answer that and say, here's who you can be founded in Christ. Here's where your identity should lie. Um, for you never know truly who you are until you know whose you are, right? And and offering that to them instead of like scratching our heads being like, we need to really study this and like think about this in different ways. You know, like it's, it's the same stuff, I hmm. think, just packaged a little differently in a new generation. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Um, going back to Mixer real quick. Uh, we have uh, Duff said this. Agreed. Sin is sin. Just like people who choose to boycott a company for something. Hey, we talked about that. Uh, <laughs> boycott a company for something. When, if they stopped and looked, there are things we don't agree with in everything. Much like sin, none are greater or lesser than the next. Any any response? I, th I, I Kind of connecting with the last question. I think... There's true in that, right? Like 323, right? The wages of sin and death, and for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The reality of Jesus' interactions with people in the Bible is he sees, I think he sees two things in them. He sees their humanity, which is intrinsically broken and corrupted by sin, and then also the eternality of his creation that he has compassion right so he understands deeply their brokenness what they're struggling in but yet he also understands their ability to have redemption and then also to have a relationship with him so every time you see his interaction like he he doesn't go through and say oh you're the worst sinner i've talked to today he goes you are also my creation who needs love grace truth and forgiveness right when i say truth i mean like he calls things out pretty directly all throughout the bible but it's never separate from also his path for redemption and i don't know if it's like maybe we de-escalate one sin or escalate another one more i think if we realize and and are able to activate more on the fact that Every person that we interact with is a creation of God who he desires a relationship with that only comes through Jesus. We're the mouthpieces, we're his hands, his feet. So it's not about like we're almost idolizing the 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 attacking of a sin to make ourselves more righteous when in reality we need to glorify God and his action and present that with grace and truth to those that we interact with. Like that's what's, that's, what's interesting. Like why do we just choose to do something or stop so, so, uh, using a company or why do we boycott this? Or why do we make one greater or lesser? Every time that we do that, we put something on a scale and weigh it when in reality, God's pretty clear. I have my creation. My creation's fallen. You are my hands, feet, and mouthpiece. Go get them, right? Go love them. Go share the truth. Go after them with everything you have. Uh, and like that's that's that's. I don't know. I think Jesus is obviously always he's our perfect of how to interact with not only people who don't believe but people who do believe and are currently struggling with something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well said for sure. 
No. So, so here I'll throw this question out there um, because I kind of mentioned it in a set like in passing, um, and then Alan kind of kind of saw it too. Um, but what do you guys think then? So we've talked about the the too harsh side. Think a bit uh, for a while here, and then we talked about like that. Is it elevated? Is it not? Um, but then then you also see. I feel like when a few years back, when this all was kind of coming to a head, when I, I don't know maybe back in like 2013, 2012, when this was all really like the big front and center thing, you know, uh, same-sex marriage being, being you know, legalized in different states and all that. You saw a lot of people who claimed Christianity or that were the, that they were a part of a church uh, out there with signs, you know, um, supporting and get be- getting behind gay pride parades, holding up signs saying like, hey, we're sorry, or we were wrong, or whatever it may be. How do you guys... How do you, what is your view on that? On on is is there an overcorrection that can happen there? Is is it or or maybe it's right? Maybe it's something that that you know. But what was your guys' thoughts um, in all that? I think we were all like probably in, in our early twenties at that point. So like yeah, like any it, thoughts? Like clarification. Like if you go too much to the having grace side and acceptance side. Yeah, like like I don't know. I just remember seeing pictures of people standing out at gay pride parades. Saying you you know like hugging people and uh you know like talk yeah, like yeah, yeah. basically in support of like throwing out you know rainbow color lays or you know condoms or whatever it may be just like in full support of like or or you know churches that now like put up in their flags like they'll have different flags up and it'll be like the American flag and then like mm. an LGBTQ flag like what do you guys think of that is something churches should do any of that. Uh- I think this goes back to, and, and I'm, I'm sure this does relate to the question that Alan was brought up earlier, um, for the, the being too harsh and too lenient and stuff like that. So you, now you you're now you said we're in the overcorrection part of it, and and I definitely think you can overcorrect. I think a church um, can see what's going on and and how their behavior has affected people. And especially if their behavior was not Christ-like and they can see the negative effects that that's had. Um, and so there can be this desire to, well, that's not what we intended. And so, yeah, they overcorrect. And um, and I think that's, that's something that we have to guard against because, I mean, the Bible's clear about what it says about homosexuality and same-sex attraction and same-sex marriage. Like, it's all, it's all clear. Um, and so to turn around then and say, well, you can say, I'm sorry for the, the way that we treated you, we should have treated you better, but you don't have to go and support same sex marriage being legalized. You don't have to go so, to, to gay pr- pride parades and stuff like that. You just, you don't have to do those things, but you can say, Hey, I treated you poorly. I didn't, I didn't treat you the way I should have treated you. And for that, I'm sorry. But that's completely different than saying, hey, I treated you poorly, so I'm going to go here and stand with you and support everything you stand with. Because that that doesn't that's that's showing grace, but there's no truth in that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and there has to be that balance between grace and truth. And if you don't have that balance, then you're going to something's going to be wrong. Yeah. 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 So yeah. so I- Go ahead. Just to just to follow up, and then you guys can answer too. But then that that kind of addresses uh, Zen is asking here, like, you know, is it wrong then for Christians to go to a gay pride parade to support a friend who's you know maybe coming out or whatever, or even I would say even like a wedding, you know, mm-hmm. 
they're one of those two. I think that's something that that probably does get asked. You know, if if you're a friend of this person, if they're coming out for the first time, you know, like how as Christians are we to handle to handle that stuff? But go on. that's, I mean, that's a great question, and actually something that that my family's had to deal with. Um, one of my Oh gosh, I don't even know what he is to me, like a second cousin or something like that. Um, him and and his boyfriend were going to get married, and I think Lauren and I were invited to the wedding, but we they weren't allowing any kids, and so we weren't able to go for that reason on its own. Um, but then there was the question of like, would we go? Um, and my grandpa, who's a pastor. Uh, was a pastor for a long time. He decided not to go, and he was very vocal about not going and why he wasn't going. And and my mom, while she disagreed with that, um, she went. She disagrees with with I think that lifestyle, but she went anyway to support um, her aunt because it was her 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 aunt's son who was getting married. Um, and so she went more for like support for her and, and it's just, it's like this big, like big, disgusting and confusing knot of, for those specific situations, like how do you respond to those things? Yeah. This because is what Passive After Dark is made for. Let's get it. It's exactly <laughs> what it is because of like when, when situation. I, when I say, yes, I'm going to go to that wedding mm-hmm. as, as someone in my position, as, as a pastor at a church, if I say, if, if a good friend of mine's like, Hey, I want you to come to my wedding. Um, you know, and he, he tells me I'm going to marry my boyfriend. It's the same sex wedding. How do you, if me, with me saying, if yes, I'll go, what does that communicate? What does that yeah. communicate to him? And what does that communicate to the, the, the church that I'm shepherding? Um, and, and what does that say about that church? And if I say no, what does that say to my friend? And what does that say to the church that I'm going to? Um, and, and I see that Alan said, avoid weddings with non-virgins and, and I, yeah, I mean that, that it's a, it's a fantastic point. Um, I think, I think one of the. And and I and I think I, I I definitely could be wrong. So someone correct me. Squirm, Iron Heart, squirm, squirm, <laughs> suffer. Um, when when you go to a wedding of a same sex couple, that that marriage is, I think, by biblical standards, not even a marriage, because by the biblical standards, it's marriages between a man and a woman. Hmm. But if you're going to say a wedding between a man and a woman, but they've had sex before, yes, they're both sinful and yes, they're both wrong. But I feel like you could you could argue that it's an apples and oranges kind of a, deal. and then you can get into the the question of divorce and 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, but when it comes down to the specific scenario of of homosexuality, that's when. I, I, I do struggle in deciding like should I go to that or not because um, I don't support it I, I don't think that that's a, a, a marriage by biblical standards um, you know the United States can say that it isn't good for the good for the United mm. States but but by the biblical standards it's not and so um, all that to say I don't really know what I would do <laughs> Um <laughs> I, I haven't been put in that situation yet and I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen. Cause I'm sure it will. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So at this point, I'm going to stop squirming right, and pass it right. to Ferris. <laughs> well, let's let, let's let Ferris do sit in the uh, the end too. So for me, I I try to answer this question in the most personal way possible. So um, if one of my children come to me and goes, God, uh, or not God, Dad, I'm <laughs> not God. I'm you God. Oh, God. Lord, forgive me. Um, it, if he comes up to me or my daughter comes up one day in the future and goes, Dad, uh, I think I'm, or I, I not even that I think, I am gay. I want to introduce you to uh, my boyfriend or girlfriend, and then this relationship continues. Um, or let's say even that they come to me in adulthood, right? Like I've sent them off and a lifestyle change has happened. Um, man, he's always my son. Yeah, She's always my daughter. Nothing in this world, no action they could take would ever change that. While I may disagree with them, like it won't change the fact that Did he freeze for anybody else? You. Oh, there you go. You're back. <laughs> okay, okay. You, I'm here. you got like to the to the almost to the peak, and then yeah. you froze. I don't know if you did for everybody, but <laughs> like, uh, uh, so like I'm asking myself, like, what if my children come to me? Um, because in the past I was really, really staunch, going, no, I won't attend. I won't be there. They're not invited. Family members, but now that I have children, man, everything I I have right is 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 theirs when I'm gone, right? My legacy, whatever legacy I have, what my belongings, are. and if all they have is my my monetary belongings, but not the love that I should have had for them growing up, I think I may have failed. Them. So, like right now, if I'm asking myself, like one day, if my children come to me and go, Dad, I'm gay. Uh, I can say this specifically, I would not perform their wedding. Um, but right now I'm in the middle of the struggle. Would I go to my son's gay wedding? Um, I mean, if I, if I did, there would be a clarification of like, I love you, but I, I don't affirm or support this, but I'm going to be there. So my son knows no matter his choices, whether righteous or unrighteous choices, his father who loves him, loves him, right? Like I think of like, man, Luke 15 is one of my favorite stories in all the world. When the son comes back, like, if you don't know that story, right? There, there's a son. I'm not going to go. Essentially, a son does something terrible to his father, comes back to his father and begs forgiveness, right? The coolest part about the father when his son runs back to him is that the dad doesn't bring up all the terrible stuff that his son did. His dad says, son, I love you. I'm glad you've come back to me. And I know that there's the assumption of repentance in that story, but there's also that love that the dad had continued even while the son was in the middle of the sin. It never ended. It didn't depend on him coming back. The father loved the son. Yeah. So that when the son came back, he could show him, I have always loved you. So like that's that's where I struggle right now. I honestly don't know. But what I would beg is that God let me love my son the best that I can to show him God's love in that moment. Um, but yeah, uh, if I ever get there, I'll let you know and I'll bring a camera because I'm sure it'll be wild. <laughs> Houston, <laughs> what about you? Dude, you, you, okay. You, <laughs> well, so, yeah. I was going to say, okay, we took a pretty simple subject, got into a harder 
conversation and then ferris you just like took it to 11 with my kids like <laughs> good grief. right like man made it as hard as possible um but but i i see what you're saying because that really does i mean kind of get to the heart of it um because my before before taking it there um my my response already wh- while you were talking is well you know i'll i'm not gonna attend but i'll let the person know in love hey I love you. I, you know, no support. I love you. I'm there for you. I'm with you. This doesn't change anything in between us, but by my going it, like kind of what you were saying, Ironheart, it it sends a message that I stand with you, that I agree, that I support this. Um, But then whenever you make it about, okay, my own kids, that's a much tougher thing. Um, yeah, I really I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I would um I I would make that it very clear to my kids that, you know, where I stand on this that doesn't change how I feel about you. I still love you more than you'll ever know. Um I'm still your dad, you're still my child. That that yeah. That that doesn't change. Um and I I'm here for you and 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 I'm with you. Uh so man, that's that's a much harder thing. I I couldn't not attend. <laughs> man, that's tough. Pass. I don't know. I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cross that bridge <laughs> if I come to it. Uh, um, but we'll. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That that's much harder. That's much. Harder. There is there is some follow up, and and I'll give my mm-hmm. thoughts too. But just okay. giving people the chance for for this conversation to keep moving here. Uh, Alan said, I, I think when when Ironheart was speaking, still, is it wrong to is uh, is going to a gay wedding similar to Christ going to Zacchaeus's house? Would you guys thoughts there? Do you guys agree? Disagree? Look, Jesus was known by hanging out with sinners. Yeah. Yeah. As a Christian, are you even doing your job? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I'm at the bar every Saturday night. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Wait. <laughs> uh, so the conversation continue. Alan said, "Should we avoid weddings of non-virgins?" So, so I'll, I'll kind of because this was similar to to okay. How my response with this of of weddings that I'll do at least not necessarily go to, um, because I think I, I think being at a wedding, uh, there does in a way stand for, you know, yeah, I support this. I'm you know behind this marriage, but I would never personally do a wedding without at the very least doing premarital with them and using that premarital as an opportunity to share Christ with them. I'm saying for, for like a couple that's been sleeping together or living together. Um, yeah. So at least have that yeah. opportunity um, and to do that. I bring uh, that up. You know, and, and like you guys session. are saying here. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the most intimate way we could look at this with the most love is, is if it was our own children. Um, and so I've had family members, I've had friends who, uh, I think intentionally haven't asked me because they know my stance on, hey, at the very least, if you want me to do your wedding, I want to be able to have premarital with you. I want to be able to show you the importance of marriage. And I think that because, again, should we be doing weddings even for, for you know, heterosexual couples, uh, but that are sleeping together, that have a bunch of issues that, you know, that aren't going into marriage with the with the importance and emphasis on like how this is something that's meant to be sacramental for the world to see. Uh, that that Christ says, you know, 
that it uses this metaphor of marriage over and over again as, as the church is the bride um, yeah. is something I, I think we should not be going into lightly and going, ah, yeah, you know, it just then they're then they're sleeping together, at least will be justified and it won't be a sin anymore. You know, like, I think that's that's a wrong mentality to have um, with that. And so I, I've had to have awkward conversations with friends and family members to to do just that. And I think that that leans more on the harder side, um, yeah. which but at least gives me. Uh, somewhat of a what's the word I'm looking for a, a fairness of saying I'm also not going to do then you know homosexual weddings because same thing I believe the sanctity of marriage and and the importance of that and understanding that I will gladly meet with people and talk to them and walk through what scripture says um you know whether they want to call that premarital or not I just see it as as counseling in general um but that's that's kind of what I would where I would stand with that uh let's see here um Alan also followed up uh, to Ironheart, but I think you answer this later. Uh, to the non-biblical marriage issue, should we encourage people who were married pre-conversion to get remarried? What did you guys think? Ironheart said no. Yeah, I, I, I think I wanted... Because I feel like that could go in a couple different directions. And so, like, I, I think a little clarification wouldn't wouldn't hurt. But, like, if both were not saved and then both became saved... I think I don't think there's a reason to remarry them. And if like one saved or if neither were saved and then one got saved, I don't think you break apart that marriage because that's still a that's still a divorce. You still don't do that. Yeah. If, if, I, if, I think if this I'm could tracking. be a great question for a future episode of like what do you do? Like the unequally yoked marriage, you know? Like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be an awesome topic. Yeah. But does anybody else have anything to say on that one? Or should I keep reading? I don't know if I've ever even heard that question. I was before. about to, that's exactly I know. what I was gonna say. I was I've never like, heard that. I mean what is that? No. I only hear that, my, my first wedding was expensive <laughs> enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you want to do like a renewal of your vows as believers, cool, but like a marriage? Yeah. Uh, yeah, not a, a whole remarriage I've never heard that either. And so it's kinda like What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Ken says, uh, I recall when my unsaved wife asked me the same question, I think regarding kids and same-sex marriage, because hmm. uh, he added Ferris here. Uh, I answered the same. They are my children, and I will always love them. I will not kick them out or disown them. Uh, Zen says, uh, I will not say the name of the person, but I do have a friend that is a Christian and lesbian, and she recently got kicked out of her family. I show her love because she is my best friend. Is it possible to be gay and still love God with your whole heart? So I think this is a little bit uh with what we were talking about earlier but if anyone Mm -hmm. wants to take that real quick yeah i i think you can you can struggle with same-sex attraction and still be a christian just like a christian can struggle with alcoholism or struggle with uh, a porn addiction or insert whatever you want in there and still be a christian Mm. The, the what it comes down to is are you actively chasing after christ or are you saying well i'm just gay so i'm just going to continue to live a gay lifestyle and i'm going to chase christ because those are contradictory things so i think it depends i think if you if you truly love christ and if you truly love what he's done for you and 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 all that then you're going to chase after him and you're going to abandon and and at least through the power of the spirit attempt to put behind you that 
that attraction and that lifestyle and you and you might not ever be attracted to the opposite sex and if that's the case then god has called you to a life of singleness and in, in our culture today people don't want to hear that because it's all about finding that one special person yeah um but paul was single and paul was one of the single greatest christian missionaries this world has ever seen and that's pretty awesome and so um i i that's the short answer to that question. All right. Uh, anybody else want to share anything before I keep going? No, you guys are both good. That's good. Okay. Uh, Mr. Uh, well, Solomon, I'll go to mixer in a second here. I'm just trying to finish up on Twitch. Uh, Solomon SK said, thanks. I don't want kids anymore, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry. You have, yeah. well, welcome you to parenting. Don't have to deal with any of this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ogre said, if you loved God with your whole heart, your sin would bother you and you would not be able to comfortably live a gay lifestyle. Hmm. There you go. Yeah. Kind of summing up what what you were just yeah, saying, yeah. Ironheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts on First Corinthians seven ten through eleven. Basically, that divorce is sin. Does that mean a divorcee isn't going to heaven? Um. But to the married, I get. I'll just read it. But to the married, I give instructions, not I, but the Lord, that the wife should not leave her husband. But if she does leave, she must remain unmarried, or else be reconciled to her husband, and that the husband should not divorce his wife. That's First Corinthians seven, ten, and eleven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I know there's a lot of teaching on on divorce in the Bible, and and uh, you know what it says about that, but. Um, I mean, right here, it says, you know, if they do divorce, then she must remain unmarried. And I mean, a lot of times in different situations call for different things. But um, in that kind of situation, you uh, obviously I've never been there. I've never been divorced, but um, you uh, I, I, I don't know you. I'm trying to think. In in line of the question, the question was if the that that yeah. they would be sin that would be sin. What was the question? Say it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, that divorce is sin. Does that mean yeah. divorcee isn't going to happen? Which I think oh, is a pretty okay. straightforward, okay. you know, kind of kind of question and answer. You know, I mean, yeah, the sin can sin be forgiven? Or are we still born yeah. again? Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It, it's not the unforgivable yeah. sin. I mean, we we can be forgiven for sure. Yeah. I think it's a reminder that we do, again, we live in a fallen and broken world, and, mm-hmm. and these are the standards of God and what he claims, right? But then he also provides a way for forgiveness of sin. Yeah. So, yes, you know, divorce on, on uh, with some exceptions, is considered a sin, but we do live in a fallen, broken world where we have things like, you know, spouses that are, you know, murderers, uh, mm-hmm. cheaters, adulterers, you know, so many different things, uh, abusers. That that allow for that God's grace is sufficient and and allows for okay you know what like or maybe it was just a really bad decision you know and again we can get into remarriage divorce whole other conversation make sure you guys ask it in the uh, question section we'd love to do a whole show yeah. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it's not in there we have a ton if it's not already <laughs> I haven't looked at it lately I'd be surprised we're at uh, we're at twenty one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We're on episode seven, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> we've, we've answered. We've answered about five of those. So. Well, and yeah, repeats. That's true. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm just kind of trying to catch up at the end of the chat here. Uh, remarriage is a whole different issue. 
I've had people invite me to their gay wedding and I've told them I cannot go to an event that glorifies something that is sinful. Uh, Alan says, is it, uh, it was, wait, super shadow. It was to the idea of gay marriage not being before God. So not being an actual marriage. So in was asking if heterosexual couple is, is married, not in front of God, would they, would we consider it legit? Oh, okay. So that's what he was asking of like, if, oh, okay. if a heterosexual couple got married, but it wasn't done in a Christian, you know, like if a pastor didn't do it, would we still consider them married? Married, Which again, I think is another great question. I don't know if anyone wants to answer it now or if we want to save it for another topic. But I'm going to save it. You want to save it? All right. <laughs> save it. Alan, ask it. Save button. Ask it in there and we can we can dive into that one deeper. Uh, doesn't matter who it is. The answer, we Christians have partaking things that glorify sin. All right. Uh, I'm trying to see. Thank you for the answer, Father. I hired a clip down. We'll show it to her ASAP. Perfect. Uh, uh, all right. I'm seeing nobody's adding me, so I'm just going to skip a bunch of stuff until somebody asks me. <laughs> can we go through a list of all the sins? <laughs> yes. Let's start in Genesis chapter one. <sighs> Work our way through to the end. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's let's go over because there was some stuff here in Mixer as well. Uh, my father-in-law deals with that every holiday. I think again of having a a, a child who is living a uh, some type of LGBTQ lifestyle. He treats his daughter with the same love as his other children, uh, but he always tells her he doesn't approve of her lifestyle. He did tell her that he would not go to her wedding, uh, and I saw Ferris responded to that. He struggles with it deeply. He's seventy-two years old. Wow. Um, yeah. And a definite prayer for, for him and, and his family. Um, Duff said this, uh, but I think it brings it back to the same fat, simple fact. The love of the Father. He would love first. God let people know when they fell short, but he still loved them no matter what. Right. That's true. Yeah. I love how Duff keeps reminding us that. <laughs> yes, you're right on, man. He's Thanks, like, Duff. listen, foreheads. Just put it in I'm telling you, I started with the meme. It goes back to the meme. Jesus sitting on the mountain. Uh, tell me where I lost you. Let me start over. Love Did I one stutter? another. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's true. Though. Ken just said, so <laughs> this wasn't a question that he asked, but he put my GMA, and I thought he said my GMA. Like he was talking about GMA. <laughs> oh. My GMA didn't come to my wedding since I married interracially. I'm like, Ken, none of us were born back. <laughs> Sorry. We, none of us. We were there in spirit and in truth, <laughs> but not physically. Sorry, Ken. Uh, yeah, I think that was that was pretty much everything I've caught up. So I don't know if we have somewhere else to go, Mr. Host. All right. So, chat, you guys have had some great questions. The questions have been so fantastic. That the question that I had next was probably discussed in one way or another. And that was the question of how do we as Christians love others without affirming the sin in their life? And so I think I think it's worth to take at least at least a minute or two, because I know we've kind of answered this already. Um, but I think it's worth the time because this is, I think, something that that we can struggle with not only in, in as as individuals but also as a church um how can we how can we love people without affirming their sin in their life and this this can go beyond just same-sex attraction past homosexuality um anything right um 
Deustin, jump yep. in. What you got? Okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of it is goes back to to building those relationships. Um, we we love others, and I mean this, like you said, not just specific to homosexuals, but uh, people who are well, really just people, <laughs> all people. Um, uh, someone who uh, does not know Christ, who we are trying to to bridge the gap. We're trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're trying to speak life into them. We're trying to to shine our light, to be salt and light, all those kind of things. Um, how do we love those people without affirming uh, the the sin that we know that they're struggling with? Um, we we're just we're real with people. We're we're raw, but we're um, we're, we're genuine. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of, uh, relationships with people that, uh, outside of church, people who I either went to high school with, or I've just met in life, um, who I know are, are struggling with, with these kind of, uh, sins that we're talking about tonight, LGBTQ type of stuff. And really a lot of it is, it's a very slow burn. Um, mm. uh, it's, it's an ongoing relationship and when, when you've built that relationship and that trust, you're able to to speak into people's lives more. Your words carry more weight. Um, so while they may not agree with you, uh, you're able to at least present truth in love. And um, so you don't affirm sin uh, because, I mean, we're, you know, mouthpiece of God. We're, you know, aligned with Christ and all that. Uh, but we... We can still speak the truth in love, and that doesn't mean like once we get to that point and okay, they're willing to have this conversation that, okay, now I shoot my shot, and if they don't like what I said, I guess we're not friends anymore. You know, it's not like that. It's just, well, hey, we might agree to disagree, or they might, mm. you might have built that relationship enough where they may not like in that moment, you know, repent and, and come to Christ or anything, but they may take that and, you know, chew on that more than they show you, like Later on, they'll be thinking about it. Uh, I've had a lot of those kind of conversations too, where man, I really thought about what you said, and and we've been able to go deeper with that and have uh, uh, deeper conversations. So, you you just keep loving them, and whenever you have those opportunities to speak truth and life into them, you take them, you do it in love, and you don't get offended if if they don't, you know, all of a sudden change. You just keep yeah. loving them. You just keep on that slow burn and and loving that person. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it, it. it's going back. And again, I took this from a professor who struggled for a long time, uh, still does, still uh, has homosexual tendency struggles that he doesn't act on. Um, but he was a gay prostitute who used to sell crack um, on the street corners. And now he's a professor at Moody. Um, wow. Yeah, born again Christian. Yeah, hey, he awesome. has a really good book. <laughs> I'll throw it, I'll throw it in chat um, because his mother was he's he's from uh, Chinese descent. And, uh, and his mother was a Christian and she would always pray for him. And it wasn't until he was in prison that he found God. He has a really, really good book. I'll find it and throw it in, in both chats in a bit. Um, but that call again is, is how do we basically walk with them? What does that look like for the everyday person who isn't a pastor? Um, what are we doing? Do and engage when we get invited to these events, when we get brought into that, that those times with somebody who is struggling with identity or thinks that their identity might be in the fact that they're gay or bisexual or lesbian. And, and I think it's all those things you're saying, Deustin, and I think it's a reminder and call to not to shy away from that aspect, but to keep bringing the conversation back to, hey, what does the call of holiness look like in our life, in sexuality? 
and and being open and vulnerable and also like open to that of like if they are someone who is a christian if they are someone who uh is like hey i'm a christian i have these the this uh feeling or this desire or this attraction whatever it may be um inviting them to be like hey let's hold each other accountable in our sexuality you know like let's let's yeah. talk about what that looks like yeah. let's let me tell you how I regularly have to deny my flesh in this thing of not looking at porn. I'm not looking at other women. I'm not cheating on my wife. Right. Like, and being mm. okay with like being transparent and doing that life together, having grace for one another and building that relationship of what can, what is God today right now calling us to in holiness. Um, and I think it's that one step at a time that you can work with people in that. And I think it, it's, it's, it gets discouraging for us in the American church because we are so result driven and so want things to happen like instantly that we lose sight of the fact that God is the one who changes hearts and who molds and shapes and convicts people. We are called to, 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 to um, love in that and to continue to uh, be a reminder of God's word and his truth and an extension of his love. Um, Come on. So that's, that's what I would kind of say with, with my concluding part there. Get it, Ferris. <laughs> um, man, how do we love? Man, I don't know. I think I go back to what I said earlier. Be reminded of who God made these people to be, right? Like that. The question is, like, how do we love others without affirming their sin in life? Man, reflect Jesus in every sense, in every sense of the way of interaction, right? Yeah. Love, love them in truth. Love them in grace. Love them where where they are but but it's also like loving them doesn't mean like you keep them where they are right like i got a three-year-old yeah. that is yelling at me uh that he doesn't want to put his shorts on right like me loving him is teaching him and training him one i'm i'm bigger than you uh you can't fight me uh, <laughs> right <but Yep>. <laughs> teaching him that like I, I want him to grow i want I'm, i want people like saved and unsaved those who know jesus and, and don't know jesus to grow in faith to grow in their relationship how do we love without affirming i think we're honest right we we got to go hey i'm gonna be real with you uh I, i've read i've read the word of god and i've known his heart and i want i want you to help discover that too and i want to ask you these questions like hey here's what i see in the bible how do you read these things do you agree with them are you disagreeing with them like create that conversation, create a place where trust and conversation can be, be exchanged where you can say something and they know that it may be something difficult for them to hear, but they know it's out of love and maybe they are going to disagree with you and that's going to be difficult for you to hear, but you know that that's out of love even to you. But the reality is that we're going to stand on the word of God. We're going to stand on his design for marriage, for creation. We're also going to stand, uh, stand on his command to believers to love and go after the lost, to walk, along, to walk alongside them in the journey of meeting Christ. I, I think we just got to be open. We got to be honest. We got to be like Jesus with the woman at the well to go, hey, I, you've had 500 husbands and the guy you're sleeping with isn't your husband. Uh, and I know you're, you know, it's the first time we've ever heard the word thirsty ever happen in the Bible. Cause that girl was thirsty. Right. Uh, but then, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Biblical connections. Oh, there you go. Uh, but, uh, but then he goes, he, he gets right to the point. He goes, but I know what you're searching for. And I know that's something that's going to quench that desire that's deep in your heart. Let me show you like, 
he's honest, he's open, he's direct, but then he's also like, I've got the way and it's through me. Uh, I, I think that's his, his example is our example. Let's go Jesus. Let's follow him. I think you guys awesome. hit. Yeah. yeah. I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I, I don't really have a ton. I don't really have a ton to add to that. I think the, the one thing that I've been hit on lately um, is remembering that every single person I come across is made in God's image and, yeah. and that has value. And, and I think so often we lose track of that and we, we, we see people um, maybe, maybe they look differently than what we expect, or maybe they act mm-hmm. differently, or maybe they sin differently than we do or whatever it might be. But the reality is, is that every single human being is made in God's image and that value that they have doesn't go away. And, and there, that value is so immense that that Christ sent his son for us and so we should be treating people accordingly yeah. and and that means loving them enough to say hey i'm gonna be really nice to you and i'm gonna serve you and take care of you but i also understand that you've got junk in your life just like i have junk in my life and i don't want you to stay in that junk and i want you to move past it and i want you to chase after christ instead come on uh, yeah and i think I think that's how you love people without affirming what they're doing is, is that you see what they got going on and you, you don't ignore it. You acknowledge it as there and however that looks like in that relationship, but you continue to be kind to them and continue to serve them and put them first before you. And, um, and just, you know, just representing Jesus, um, and I think yeah. you continue part of how you love them and show them is by continuing to pray for them yeah. in perseverance, right? Like be being that persistent widow and just constantly like bringing that to the Lord and bringing this, you know, right. of, of God, help them, help them to, to desire to seek your holiness. God, help them, help me to be loving, help me to be kind, help me to be understanding in the areas I can. And to, uh, you know, it, it makes me think of that. Uh, what is it? The civil war quote, um, at Peggy's funeral, uh, that yeah. cap here is that that uh, she gives. It's like uh, she says, um, "On the things that you can, what is the word? Uh, on the things that you can, you can move on, or you know, like step aside and like do that. But on the things that you can't, it is your yeah. job and your duty to be rooted and to say no. You move. You know, like I think that Ooh. that there's a part of that of like, hey God, on the things where where I can." be kind and loving and step aside, like help me to do that, but also help me to be firm in your truth and stand in that and continue to be loving. I think, I think something happens if we just invite those people in to pray with us and they see part of our hearts and they see, you know, I think that humanizes us more. Right. If you invite them into that prayer, if you, if they allow you to pray with them, to pray with them, because then they see your, your heart isn't just, I'm trying to be right and prove to you that I'm right and that you're wrong, but they see the heart behind what you're doing, you know? And, and even if they don't agree at first, it's something I think that we can continue to yeah. bring back and that they can be encouraged at least by your perseverance of that. Um, here's the book, by the way, I found it. It's called uh, out of a far country, a gay son's journey to God, a broken mother's search for hope. And that's basically what the whole book is about. Like the mother's continual prayer um, for this guy who, like I said, is now a moody professor. Uh, who teaches nice. like Bible intro and, awesome. and theology classes. Dude, that's so cool. Hey, I found that quote, by the way. Shadow, you want to hear it? 
Yeah, go ahead. It says, compromise where you can. Where you can't, don't. Even if everyone is telling you that something wrong is something right. Even if the whole world Mm. is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree, look them in the eye, and say, no, you move. Dude, such a good freaking (laughs) quote. That is a good quote. Chills? Yeah. Oh, man. I I thought of it because I watched Civil War while we were moving. (laughs) And I was like, man, this is such a good freaking quote. Appropriate. (laughs) Yeah. Way to recall that. That was good. It's from uh, it's from uh, Captain America: Civil War. It was, yes. at, it was at Peggy's funeral. Thank you. Wait, she dies. Plus, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert for anyone. Five years ago. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. These have been fantastic conversations. Um, I'm gonna skip your concluding thoughts. Ha. <laughs> um. I I want to give Ferris uh, time to to stand on his soapbox and yell at us, just yell for an appropriate amount of time. <laughs> you, that's all that's coming. And so, I, I I think that's what we're going to transition to. And so, Ferris, the floor is yours, my good friend, our permanent guest, <laughs> pastor, speaker. <laughs> stand on your soapbox and grace our ears. Hey, I'm blessed just to to be here. Um, in, in preparation for tonight, I was about honestly the entire conversation that we're having, 2019, right? Identity. Everything is identity. We are we're 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 Democrat or Republican, right? We're North or South, East or West. We are. Uh, cis or LGBTQ plus, right? We are Christian or non-Christian, Jew or Muslim. There is so much writing on the monikers that we attach to our life that many times our decisions of who other people are are decided before we've ever had more than five seconds of conversation with. So I wanted to I wanted to to share this. Um, it's out of Second Corinthians five seventeen. Uh, it's one of my favorite verses about what happens when we become Christians, when we become born again believers in Jesus Christ. It says this: uh, Therefore, if anybody, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; the behold, the new has come. Um, you're new. Like, I don't know who's in chat right now. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what your past sins are, what your current sins are, what your struggles have been or what have followed you through your life. But you aren't the mistakes you used to make. You aren't the failures that scarred your life. Like, I'm no longer uh, a a drug dealer, a person who hates God. I'm no longer, uh, I guess... If I cheated on girlfriends in high school, but I wasn't married, technically that would be like an adulterer. Um, but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not struggling with with the lies. I'm struggling with the deceit. Like I'm not. I'm not those things. Like they're part of my story, but they're not my identifier. Because my now identifier is, I am a follower of Christ. Like I am desiring to be His reflection. The old. Is gone, and I get to be a new person. Maybe, like the question that I think we really need to interact here 
is not whether or not you're gay or straight, Democrat, Republican, left, but it's who are you in Christ? Who has he said you are? Who, who is this new person? You know, the interesting part about becoming a new person is that there takes time to discover this new person. And you get to be that, that, that person on this journey to discover who Christ has made you to be. And there's going to be downfalls. There's going to be trips. There's going to be stumbles. But there's something about discovering who Christ made you to be that is fulfilling beyond any other thing that this world can offer, any relationship, any, any distraction, any, any drug or alcohol. It's finding out who he made you to be. By no means, 18 years ago when I gave my life to Christ at 15 years old, did I know I would be sitting at a camera talking to people across the world asking these questions. By no means did I know that I would get the scars that have so long been shame in my life as not things to uplift, but to show that I still have scars, but Christ heals beyond the pain of my past. So when we talk about this, like when we talk about LGBTQ, right? When we talk about, or I'm gay, or I'm straight, or I'm Baptist, or I'm whatever other moniker that you attach to, what are you, what are you really doing? Are, are you your achievements? Are you your trophies? Are you how much money you have in the bank? Because if you are anything that exists in a temporal form, then you will always have to gain more to continue to raise your value. And at some point, your ability ceases. But when we put our identity that's existence is beyond understanding, its power is beyond comprehension, and we connect ourselves to a God who says, I love you with everything I have, then our valuable is incalculable. You are not who you are attracted to. You are not where you live or where you went to college or what race or gender or job you have. You are Christ in him. You are a new creation. And while I was preparing for tonight, like, I want to think about that this week. Who am I? A person who's been a Christian for a minute, but I'm still getting to be a new creation. God's making me new. So I, I don't know where you are in this journey, but I know that if you follow Christ, you're new. Chase after who he says you are. And I promise there will be a wealth of fulfillment in your life, finding out who this brand new person is. Um, and, 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 kind of my, and kind of my preparation uh, for this and what I've gone through this summer with students, I, I just want to share two books real quick. One is called, uh, and the guys that know I do this, so guys, if I should do this, just let me know. Um, but... It's called Gay Girl, Good God. Um, it's about a young lady, a lesbian, and then encounter Christ and then watch her identity change. Uh, it's an awesome read. It's an awesome read to, to, to read with somebody who says, hey, I'm, uh, I'm LGBTQ, but I also love Jesus. And it's like, that's a great conversation. And the, the second one is a book that says, 
the truest thing about you. Um, and very similar, but this one really deals with identity. Like before we're anything else, before we're gay, straight, black, white, whatever, who are we in Christ? And I would suggest getting those, find them, reading them, reading them for your own understanding, but also reading them to know how to have a conversation. Because the reality is we can't really know who we are until we know who we are in Christ. Um, but that's my soapbox. And I hope you go on that journey with me this week. Let's find out who this brand new person that Christ has made us to be. And let's start living in it. That's yeah. all I have for tonight. Mm. And I put those books in chat for both on there. Oh, awesome. awesome. Thank Sorry, you. The links are a little long, but. Awesome. Mm, thank you. That was, that was great. That was boom. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of summed up the whole conversation there. That's huge. And I was, I'm was i glad you put those, Shadow, because I was writing them down. I was looking for a scratch piece of paper. Hey. Alan, sorry for putting you into a cadence or a, a, a hypnotic. Yeah. <laughs> Alan's just weak-minded. Like hey, Ferris, check this out. On the wall behind me, I always have that scripture right there. 2 Corinthians 5, oh. 17. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's one of my yeah. favorites. It's it used to be Romans five eight I had on the wall, but kind of the same message right there. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Come on now. It's Come on now. Love stuff. it. New. I get to be new. Boom. Ferris leads his own show. It's called his stream. <laughs> we said we're gonna have a stream. It's on mixer. Follow him. Yeah. <laughs> He'll plug himself in a minute. <laughs> Wait. Wait. <laughs> Chat being that number one hype man. Right, <laughs> chat pastors, you all have been fantastic this evening. We have had some fantastic discussion. Um, we've we've heard some. Uh, we have had some good questions. We have some potential good questions for down the road. Looking forward to um, not swarming alive as I try to answer questions. <laughs> but it wouldn't be pastors after dark if uh, if I weren't. And uh, yeah, so as as we wrap up. I want uh, each of us to give a chance to to plug ourselves, shameless plugs. Um, so we'll start. Uh, we'll start on the on the right side this time, Deuston. Whoa! Wait, what just happened? Wait, I was mad that we started on the right. <laughs> yep. Man. Well, well, well. All right, Deuston, what you got? Okay. Uh, so I'm. Let's see. I had to to think. Uh, yeah, I'm Pastor Deucin everywhere on the internet. If you want to find me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. And I'm just going to stop saying TikTok. I haven't opened it since I downloaded it. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I even throw it in there. Uh, but yeah, it's always, it's spelled the same. If you want to find me, I'm on there. Um, on, uh, yeah, Facebook is a troll. Dude, I'm there. Um, He's on there, just not as Deucin. Yeah, just not as Deucin. But... Actually, I think that's like my URL. It's like facebook.com slash Pastor Deucin. Uh, but anyway, um, as far as streaming, uh, I've been uh, digging into a lot of Pokemon Shield, been playing that. So I'll be playing that, uh, I'm sure. What is today? Today's Sunday. I'll either be playing that or more Doom tomorrow night. But yep. Doom. Yeah, Doom. My my I Monday Doom wait. crew was upset with me last Monday because I played <laughs> Pokemon instead. Like, we're here for killing Deep. demons, not for fluffy little nice friendly things. So, uh, I just got my Switch. It's charging right now, and hopefully, I'll be starting that journey pretty nice. soon. Yee. Tonight, as soon as stream stops. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. No, I, I got to work on on this setup in here. It's a mess in this room. 
I uh, heart, you're next. Yeah. Right, you're next in your own list. Your sure. own name. <laughs> uh, I am. I am Father Ironheart. I uh, still stream wildly and consistently on Twitch. Um, you can find me as uh, Father Ironheart on Twitch or Mixer um, and in Discord. Most of my time these days, in terms of the online world, is spent on working on GMA stuff. Um, I was recently put on on staff at GMA or asked to join the staff at GMA. What? 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 No, I know. It's awesome. I'm loving it. Um, working on um, putting together a care team and a connection team for GMA. Um, so that's usually what most of my time is consumed with. But if we are gaming, it's usually with uh, anyone that asks to play um, a couple of different games. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Ferris, what you got? Awesome. Uh, I'm Ferris. You can awesome. him as God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's what my children call me. Uh, no, okay, Han. So I guess I, people didn't realize this, but my Fair Storm is my name on Mixer, wherever you can find me. But Storm is actually my real middle name. Oh, so, wow. That's yeah, good. Yeah. My parents are hippies. Uh, you can find me uh, on Mixer. Go follow me on Mixer, uh, Instagram, wherever. Uh, hang out with me on Discord. Um, if you just want to debate over something, like, right, like what's better chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream i just love to debate so let's go uh but uh yeah i stream pretty regularly but just come hang out come have fun uh yeah also i played paladins for the first time in my stream yesterday i think i'm addicted that was really funny (laughs) (laughs) wait the battle royale or or like the the overwatch Overwatch modes yeah dude who is good Paladins was the game that took me from a thousand followers to like twenty eight hundred in like two weeks. Wait, it was insane how many Paladin viewers I got. It looks like I know what I'm maining for a minute. Yeah, well, I don't know if it'll do it now because the algorithm was right when right when oh, Lap yeah, for Twitch yeah. came out. So when people would put like their preferred things, people were saying Paladins, and it would just like direct them right to me. So like, there's like oh, a clip awesome. somewhere where it's like I'm getting a follower like. Two or three every like minute. It was insane. Gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of your follower count, Shadow, tell us about yourself. Oh man. So it has been like I think over a month. I looked at my stream. The last stream I did was a hear me out back in October. Um, so it's been a hot minute. Uh, but we're finally moved in. As you can tell, some of my stuff is here. Uh, we got it all in Friday night. And we realized that about 15% of our stuff was broken. Oh, no. So, like, my TV was broken. Two of my monitors were cracked. Oh. Um, like, a couple of our bowls and cups and stuff were, were broken. So it's been, like, this prolonged thing. Uh, but I have enough stuff here that I can get up and running. So tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., we will be live. I have a full schedule this week out tomorrow. But 10 a.m. Yes. Central, uh, Central Time. We'll be live. We'll be back. We're back in it. I'm getting adjusted to my job. I, I think I got my work schedule pretty much figured out. So we'll be back with uh, tomorrow morning stream, uh, Tuesday reactions, Monday or Wednesday, uh, Wisdom Wednesdays, and then Friday we'll do yeah. uh, Hear Me Out, and then we'll be ready to go. And I'll probably I'll probably try to be the streamer for next week's um, ads as well. So I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I've been like working <laughs> nonstop trying to get this room together. So it, it'll get there by the end of this week for sure. Hey, Chad, have you heard of Twitch Prime? Have you heard of Twitch Prime? <laughs> wink. Yeah. Hey, wink, wink. It's not for Ferris. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> sir. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> Red. Sad. Sad. 
Dr. Heels, like, nice of you to finally show up. Hey, what's there up, buddy? There he is. <laughs> Jeepers. <laughs> anyway, chat. Um, Mixer, Twitch, everyone watching, listening, hanging out. It has been fantastic to hang out with all of you today. Uh, next week, we are having Pastors After Dark, as far as I'm aware. I know it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. You might still be in a food coma. Roll yourself in front of your computer and uh, after your gluttonous, your culturally approved gluttonous meal. And we're going to discuss, as far as I'm aware, our Adam and Eve in heaven. Yeah. It'll be a fantastic conversation. Yep. It'll be great. Um, and if we decide, uh, I'm sure chat will bring up questions. We'll, we'll just dive into the whole hodgepodge that is the entire Old Testament. And it'll be fantastic. I feel like it's a great way to complete your Thanksgiving weekend. Being so thankful for all things, including where Adam and Eve are now. <laughs> it's it's perfect. It's exactly what I was thinking, what I want to do Thanksgiving. So tune in next week. Who knows who's going to be on? Who's it going to be? Dr. Heels? Is it going to be Ferris? Is Deucin even going to be here? No. <laughs> Have to come you and find tune out. In. Yeah. Come and find out next week, guys. Um, until next, next week, week, hopefully you all have a fantastic uh thanksgiving if you're traveling travel safely and uh ferris you had a fantastic uh soapbox so how about you pray us out for the evening let's do it let's do it father we just thank you so much um we thank you for the opportunity to be able to discuss interact with people who have questions uh and also be able to be open about some of our questions but i think just the ability to show that hey we are in the same journey of, of struggle and trying to pursue and clarify your will and direction is a great equalizer uh lord we are are no more no no better or no more experts uh in you we are all in need of grace and i pray that, that what you give us in this conversation is the ability to pursue seek and clarify the wisdom that you have how are we to love the lost the lo those who are struggling in sin how are we supposed to love even brothers in christ who are struggling with sin and it doesn't matter what it is because the reality is is we're all imperfect we all fall short and what reality we need to do is chase after you with everything we have uh, and find out who we are in you and latch on to that and hold on to that tight that we are forgiven loved by the king and creator of the universe so lord as we move forward as we go on through our week let i pray that we find out who we are in you and let that guide us of how we are to to love those in our lives Lord, we we thank you we love you we ask these things in jesus name amen amen, amen. amen.